When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. We're not creative enough. We're not positive enough. It's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming. Football's coming home. We'll go on getting back. So getting back. So getting back. So every chance that Wayne Rooney could go back to the Man United training ground and stick one on Ronaldo. Beckham could raise the roof here with a goal. I don't believe it. David Beckham scores the goal to take England all the way to the World Cup Finals. Good afternoon, good evening, good night. Welcome back to Dream of Our Lives, a new World Cup 2022 mini-series taking a sideways and not very analytical look at the games from arguably the most controversial World Cup yet. Uh, in this episode, we'll be analysing the final round of the group games, uh, which were more hotly contested than a Hooters wet t-shirt contest. Uh, we give our predictions for the first knockout round, but don't listen to us, because if you had a look at my predictions, I thought Belgium and Germany would qualify, and I couldn't have been further from the truth, as you'll come to realise. Um, the final round of group games did not disappoint, with more upsets than an X-Factor final, and very much sticking to the theme of keeping this World Cup controversial. 
We saw a sterile Wales Brexit out of the World Cup with no style whatsoever. The French lose to their colonial counterparts, Tunisia. But more shockingly, it was Aussie rules over Denmark who were sent out on an early Valhalla. Morocco stunned the footballing world by topping their group, while Lukaku had more chances than a game of Monopoly. Also topping their group for the first time since topping the group of most whales killed is Japan, who finished two points clear of tournament favourite Spain, thanks to their overhanging balls. There we go. It's not the first time Germany have gone out thanks to a controversial decision decision, um, from a ball crossing the line. But allegedly in the Japan game, they were using the same technology from England beat Germany in the 2010 World Cup. What do you think about that? Anyway, joining us for this episode is pod fan favourite. He's more Scottish than William Wallace in a lock, playing with the bagpipes while drinking iron brew from his spawn. It's the media mogul behind SM Media and Scottish football expert, Mr. Scott McPike. How are we doing? Thanks as always for the invite. It's a pleasure. No worries. Thanks for uh, coming on. But before we get into the uh, nitty gritty, are you enjoying this World Cup? Are you, was there, do you have any kind of um, reservations about it beforehand? And uh, yeah, from I know you obviously of Scotland not being in the World Cup. Who are you, who are you kind of backing? I'm not. I'm not really back now. I just it's, it's four weeks of football. I said to you off here, it's four weeks of football where you don't really feel guilty about stealing the television from the message. So <laughs> it's. Uh, see if it was in if it was anywhere I would watch it. I'm not. I understand obviously the political and the kind of the the things behind it, and I think they've been a lot of it's been justified. I think that some of it's more box ticking more than anything. But I think we are. I think we're at a stage now where the football's kind of dominating. It. I haven't heard anything the last few days about the migrant workers and things like that. Not that they shouldn't be getting spoke about and things like that. But I just it's. It's the football's kind of taking over now, and I think we're now at the stage where, although it should be talked about, I think we're now at the stage where the football's kind of taking over as it should. To be honest, yeah, yeah, I kind of, kind of, I think it's difficult to have a stand on this because we've we've asked this question to everyone's come on the pod thus far, and everyone's kind of said what you said. To be honest, but it's difficult to complain about something while you're in it, if that makes sense. That'd yeah. be like you know, fucking moaning about the meal after you've finished it, if that makes sense. And asking for a, a refund, it just—it's just—it's so hypocritical to some degree. As much as I do agree with, you know, all, all the sentiments being said, it's like we knew this was happening fucking twelve years ago, and yeah. you know, human rights are still being the same. Um, but yeah, I'm surprised you're not backing anyone though. Is there's no one tickety fancy? Are you kind of uh, like an underdog, I, underdog supporter? Is it? I've, no, no, I've, no. Like, oh, I did, I did kind of quite. I was. I've. I've got a couple of bets on. Like I've got. I backed Argentina at the start, so I was kind of. It was squeaky bum time after the first uh-huh. game, but now I'm in a good position. But I, I quite. I've. I. I get quite taken to Canada for some reason. I don't know. I, I enjoy. Yeah. I did watch in Canada. I think I. I've got a couple of relatives with Canada, so. Oh, fair play. I quite like that. Quite like them, and I'm. I don't think they deserve to lose three games, but we'll get into that later on. But no, nah, I've just. Uh, I'm not one of those. Like if, if if I don't have a dog in the fight, I'm not going to go and pick a dog. I'm just going to watch it and try and enjoy, enjoy it for it. it. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Very honourable indeed. Um, but let's quickly go back to previous World Cups and uh, maybe, well, we start with the first three questions we ask all our guests. Really, um, who's your favourite, either Scotland player or maybe World Cup player of all time? Miroslav Klose. 
Really? I suppose. Yeah, just top goal was, scorer. Just, just I, just at any World Cup, I remember he was scoring in it, and like the two thousand six was the first one I really remember, mm. and he was really good. That Ronaldo's a Ronaldo. Ronaldo's not far away as well, but because because my first kind of memory as a two thousand two one where he was it was sort of the comeback for him, and he came from obviously that really bad injury he had, came back to that World Cup with the the infamous haircut. That a few of our pals copied at school, and <laughs> I just my mark and I buy the memory of that World Cup as watching it and watching it in holiday, watching the final and him scoring two goals, and it felt like the the best player in the world was back. So that he's probably he's probably that's probably my memory. But close, I've I've always been a Miroslav closer fan. When I think of it, when I think of Germany in the World Cup, I think of Miroslav closer. <laughs> yeah, he was clinical, wasn't he? he was clinical. Just reminded me at my my around the same time, two thousand and two. My brother dyed his fringe. He had a fringe just like going over his forehead. <laughs> and he kind of dyed his fringe, like peroxided it. But instead of going like the classic peroxide bright blonde, it turned ginger after a couple of days. <laughs> so he kind of was like this kind of, I don't know, the Scottish Ronaldo maybe. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> but it was quite funny. Uh, that's, yeah. <laughs> forgot, about, forgot about that. Um, do you have a what, favourite World Cup moment? Is there a moment that stands out? Um you know, people said the hand of God. The, uh, maybe you might not have even been alive. You know, is there one of these highlight reels that kind of lives over in your head, kind of rent free? Or is it? Is there a particular mm. moment you think's important? Uh, probably two thousand and six is a Dan head, but actually, that, yeah. I can remember exactly where I was, what I was doing. I remember where I was, who I was watching it with. I just seen this legend just batter his head into Matarazzi's chest, and. <laughs> You knew it was. It's one of the things as well. Like, see when you, like, it's one of those moments you remember. Like, it's, I could, I could tell you exactly who where I was, as I say, and it's one of those moments at the time you felt was massive. So it's got that in it as well, and it's as as you say, it was, it was crazy, it was unbelievable because it was yeah. this, it's just this elegant guy, and you think you, it's the last person you would think would lose his mind like that. But yeah, strange things happen when you get. When Italians call your mama bad name, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 mad as well because that was his last ever game. I know we've spoken about it to death on this podcast, but that was his last game. That was headbutt off. It's the one it was... where he walk, see when see when he's walking by the World Cup, yeah, and you just see the you just see the Zidane ten just going, and you still I know obviously Italy won it in penalties, but you still would this thing that maybe France could win it, but it was just that mm. that it's just it was written that unforgettable photo of just the. Mm. The gold trophy oh, and just Sedan walking by it. it was a, there's a wee bit of sympathy there, but obviously it's. It, I think it added to his legacy, though. I think he's remembered. Yeah, it's part of the Sedan story, isn't it? That is the controversial yeah. end. Like no, no, no. Even like you look at Maradona and like all these controversies, <laughs> and he's remembered for everything, not just the football. And I think uh, mm-hmm. that adds to a legend. You know, same with like Bobby Moore and stuff. He had his troubles. George Best. Um, I've kind of answered this one already, but in general. Is there another team you look out for other than Scotland? Is there another team you hope to do well? It's like yeah. some people, some people said Cameroon for no particular reason. Just just teams they quite like or had an affinity with when they were younger, or maybe you used to play with them as FIFA. Not really, no, no, not no. Just uh, I, 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 I like. I, I'm actually quite. I probably 
I'm more international football savvy than most actually. Like people uh-huh. like dread an international break coming up. I actually quite look forward to it because I quite like like I do. I'm, I'm quite tournament oriented. Like I quite I'm like I'm counting down. There's eighteen months until the Euros now after this World Cup. I'm quite oriented in that. Like because it's it's a fest festival of football. So I quite like the international break and find out where teams are at and yeah, you feel a bit more kind of savvy going into the World Cup than somebody else who's maybe just coming in going like wait well there's a World Cup coming up whereas like if if you've done a bit of international football watching like in the then as much as I'm not a fan of the Nations League like it's quite helpful for stuff like this because you know where teams are at getting into this. So no I'm not overly I wouldn't go out and say there's a a team I've always had Portugal and Holland shots back in the day, so maybe them, but no, nah, I'm not really um and I'm not really an I don't have a a team. I'm not overly mm-hmm. Scott I'm not like S- Scotland at times hate <laughs> more than anyone. So yeah, like, for sure. Obviously, you'd want to see them win, but like I'm not. I wouldn't go. To, I wouldn't go to a Scotland game if I really, unless I really, really had to kind of thing. But I'll. I, I'm. I, I like international football. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I do, I do too. There's a lot of I've seen a lot of ex ex Premier League players just saying, "Oh, they can't wait for the Premier League to come back." I don't get this. Like. As much as I don't like the idea of a Super League, the World Cup is the closest thing we have to it, really. You've got the best players from one country, yeah. the best players from another, best players from halfway across the world. And it's not as if it's like every year, like the Champions League. Every four years in a different location with different teams, you know, it's a miracle if you qualify it. I mean, we're, you know, I'm fortunate, I guess, because England qualified more years than most. Yeah. But it, you don't know how lucky you are. Like, if you're like yeah. a Scotland fan, an Ireland I've fan, Scot- I've never seen Scotland in a World Cup. That the Euros last year was the first time I'd seen Scotland in a major tournament. So exactly, yeah. So that so, that I understand. But the Premier, the the Premier League and club football is just taking over everything. Like, yeah, it's money, all, isn't it? Yeah, it's just it's because because it's on like, all the time because we have affiliations and things like that. We we are we are looking forward to the, the, the club football coming back. But I'm I'm enjoying this World Cup for what it is. It's a, yeah, same. It's games every day, four games a day until uh, last week. I was loving it. Absolutely loving it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um quick question before we get onto the games this week. The next World Cup, forty eight teams. Yeah. How do you fancy Scotland's chances? Oh, certainly more of a chance than the. I think you'll see, you will see a lot of dross at the next World Cup. Mm. Like you will see a lot, but you will. I think the U, uh, UEFA are only getting three more teams. I think or so. I, I'm sure. I, I yeah, we kind of. We, yeah, we kind of touched on it last week. I think it's only two more teams from Europe. Yeah, because so it's quite. So yeah, it's, it's, it, for Scotland, Scotland's because of sixty more teams. It doesn't mean Scotland have got an easier chance, but I do think Scotland are on the the way up. I, I think there's a few international. I think there's a few European teams on the on the regress. Like totally, we'll touch on a couple. Yeah. So Scotland and they've been in pretty good form actually the past few months. So potentially it could all be gearing up towards four years from now. Yeah, yeah that's a good answer. Okay. Steps past Toure, but not past Sambrona. Given straight to Paul Scholes. What about that? What about that? Well, let's move on to the week that was, in uh, which it was the final round of group games. This is part of my favourite time to watch football, really, in World Cups and uh, other tournaments, because you kind of, it's always down, especially this tournament, it's always down to the last day, whether teams can filter, and as we've seen, and we'll go on to speak about, it, at times it could be anyone qualifying. Um, but let's start alphabetically with Group A. Ecuador played Senegal and uh, lost 2-1. 
and uh, Netherlands beat Qatar 2-0 as well, with Netherlands finishing top of the group with seven points, Senegal with six, Ecuador with four, and Qatar with zero. Now, controversial, but are Qatar the worst team in World Cup history? Possibly. They're dead certainly the worst host because I think they'll be they'll get the worst record as host. But yeah, they were just they wouldn't have qualified if they were if they weren't hosting it. But they, they were just out of their depth when they just three three teams made them look bang average. Well, they, they were they are bang average, but yeah, they weren't weren't up to speed at all. To be honest. Yeah, I, I, Ecuador could have qualified on the last day as well, and it was really mm-hmm. between Ecuador and Senegal. It was a bit of a coin flip, I guess. Um, and obviously, that was the game that proved it all. But Senegal just seemed a bit of seemed to have a bit of a dog in them. They had more of a fight, I guess, despite Ecuador being more cohesive. Um, just quickly on the Netherlands as well, I, I actually put them on outside bet to win the tournament before the, before it started. I found them to be quite disappointing. Yeah, they're not that. I just think they'll find a few teams too good. Like I think that I don't. I think America could be a real tough opposition for them tomorrow. Like it's, it's a weird one where with the Dutch because they've got decent players, but like they've got a Van Dijk in defence. They've got three half, three decent defenders. Midfield, I think they're a bit light. I think if you, I think the Young. Obviously, I'm a big fan of the Young, but I think you could pick three or four that could play alongside them. Like they've got Coop Miners. Berghaus, uh, the guy from Ajax, Kenneth Taylor. They've not, there's not one screaming out to me. Classen is another one as well. Gakpo is really key. I've, I've been a quite a fan of Gakpo over the past 18 months and at PSV, he was really good for PSV against Rangers when Rangers played them in the Champions League. Uh, they have a lot of talent. I just think, that, I don't think they've got a world beater. Kind of thing. I just I don't think that I think there are two or three players missing from being a real top team. Mm. And I don't think they've had to beat the best to win this group. Yeah, I agree. It'll be interesting how they get on tomorrow against the US. I think this is probably the most boring group of the lot, to be honest. Mm. I'd I yeah, origin before again before the tournament started, I thought it'd be quite interesting with guitar, like maybe maybe bribing a few people and Ecuador hadn't lost the game in forever and Senegal winning the Af- AFCON in the same year. But uh, yeah, it seemed to be quite boring and quite low scoring and uh, not a lot going on, to be honest. But I suppose the right two teams probably went through. Yeah, I would say that. I would agree with that. Um, okay, Group B then. Um, <laughs> we'll start with Iran against USA, uh, in which the US won 1-0. bit of a grudge match between the <laughs> two axes of evil, some were saying. Um I've been really, really impressed with the USA. I know with the nil-nil draw against England, a lot of people would just, again, get on Southgate's back all the time, which really annoys me. The USA is so quick. It's like having a FIFA ultimate team and just they got all the pace together. Um, and Iran, you know, made it difficult for them at times as well. And Iran could have qualified on the day too. Um, what do you make of this USA side and how do you think they played? I certainly think they're, they're worth taking a chance on, like they're, they're going to work for you. Like I think the thing with England was, and we're going to this with England in a, a minute or so, but Eng, England were too patient against them. Like I don't think, I, I yeah. think Southgate set up, set up thinking that US, USA was stifled them. It was actually kind of the other way about. Like England sat off the USA. The USA were getting bored of the ball. They were trying to get in behind. But I, I just, I, I actually thought this, I, I did think this American team would be quite decent. I didn't think I didn't know if they would go through or not because I th- I thought any one of the other three teams could go through, but yeah, I've been quite impressed with them as well. I, I don't know if it's Pulisic fit. I, I think Pulisic is struggling with injury. If he's in, yeah. he's a big player because he's 
he's got that kind of free role that he doesn't have at Chelsea. Like you, mm. he's he, plays for the middle. He can play wherever he wants, and I think the like the Adams McKenney. I think they were playing Aronson in there as well. They had that three midfield who just played behind them, and they just sit. They suit him so well because they do a lot of his running. So Pulisic is just picking up the ball like Weas. I've been quite impressed with Weas as well. We'd done very little at Celtic when he was there. Uh, he's he's came to life a wee bit as well. They've they've got a lot of good options in that in forward areas. I, I Josh Sargent as well. Josh Sargent's been half decent at Norwich. I'm not. I don't think he's been amazing, but like he's he's come in. He, he changed a lot. He, the game changed a lot when he came on against England. Like he was, they were trying to get the ball to him. They're, they've got a lot of threat. Des a good player as well. They've got. They're not. I don't think they're mugs at all. USA. Yeah, and they've got a bit of experience in there, like DeAndre Yedlin, and he's still very quick. Yeah. So Dest as well, going down the wing-backs, and that's what they seem to do. They just seem to rely on their pace. <laughs> but it kind of works, um, particularly in tournament football. Um, again, you could argue it's only 1-0, and um, it was enough to see them through, though. It's, I think their, mate, their only issue against Netherlands is scoring goals against Van Dijk and uh, yeah. that defence, really. So, yeah, it's going to be a good battle. I don't think it'll be high-scoring at all tomorrow. Um, I think you know it could be another one nil USA. Why not? Time, might, yeah. might put a bet on that to be honest. Mm. Um, and then Iran were one of the highest ranked Asian teams coming into this tournament as well. Just, I think that first game against England kind of threw them off to be honest. I think they could have given mm-hmm. a better account of themselves, and you know maybe they should have qualified. Um, but yeah, on to Wales, England then. The game for me personally, it was good seeing them playing the best football because I. I was very nervous and angsty watching us against the USA because, as you said, no creative chances. We were sitting off them and it was bloody frustrating to watch. Within two minutes of watching us against Wales, we were creating chances. Rashford had an early chance. He had an audacious over-a-kick attempt. Um, We were just playing the ball around like a half-decent team. And I was like, you know what? I can sit back and relax now because we've got this. And lo and behold, we win 3-0. Again, Rashford just absolutely on fire. Great free kick, great uh, third goal as well. Um, but before we kind of go for England, Wales, one of the UK counterparts in this trio, I thought they'd be qualifying in this group, but they finished rock bottom with one point. What's happened there? I think they're reaching the end of a cycle, to be honest. I've just, um, they weren't brilliant against America. They kept that America were the better. If America wanted to, they could have finished them off first half. Wales grew back into the game, played a bit better. They brought on Moore. I think I think the ball's that's been the case now, try and get the ball to Kiefer Moore. And to be honest, when you're I mean, I've saw it watching a few Scottish teams recently, when you're putting the ball in the box and you've got two big guys just heading away, it's it very rarely works. But I think they're just coming to an end of a cycle, to be honest. Bale, I, I think I'm, apparently Bale's staying on. Ramsey's done. Ra- Aaron Ramsey's done at the top level. I said that last year when he came to Rangers. There's a reason he was at Rangers because he was done. And he's, he just looked at I don't remember him having anything of note during the tournament. I like, I, I do think, I, I think Wales will be in a position where it will take them maybe two or three years to get back to that. I don't think they'll get back to that level where they're reaching semi finals or anything like that. But they're, They've got like Sabrina Johnson. I'm, I'm quite impressed with actually at Nottingham Forest, and I think he is the future of the Wales team. But the Allen, Ramsey, Bale, I thought Bale's kind of at the stage now, and everybody's just he's in Los Angeles playing 
golf five days a week in football whenever <laughs> he wants. Like, do you know what I mean? Like he's yeah. he's happy. He'll he'll play for Wales probably until he can't play anymore. Just he'll he'll be quite happy just coming every two months. Like I just I think this was the last time. It's some achievement for Wales getting there. Like uh, like they've obviously beat Ukraine to get there. They but I they just can't thought think I. I thought after the I thought if they were, if they beat USA I think they might have a chance but Iran to be honest Iran were a lot better than them on the day and England were England just turned it on England England are capable of doing that but nah I just think I think Wales will struggle the next couple of years but I think once the their youngsters come in like Ampadu I thought I thought Ampadu is probably one of their own players great player <laughs> yeah when he plays like holding midfield he's capable I'm I think that possibly going to take a couple of years to get there but once they do I think they'll be they'll probably be Scott, kind of similar to Scotland in terms of the next couple of years where they'll be like you'll see a decent result here and there but when you ask them to get into a because there's 24 teams in the Euros will probably qualify but I'm not, I don't think they're going to do much for a couple of years Yeah I tend to agree and England yeah as I said were kind of, they, looked, they looked slick their passing was great they could have scored more goals arguably Harry Kane still on the, on the sheet as well um, Scott, from an outside perspective, how do you rate England's chances? I'm ex- still extremely nervous, even against Sen- Senegal. As much as I love international football, I'm a n- I can't. I said this to Harry last week. I can't go down the pub and watch football anymore. Yeah, I just get so irritated by like the ignorance. Southgate, at get Foden on. Like this, he knows what he's doing. Like he's, <laughs> you know what I mean. But um, is it just funny to you? Or is it quite irritating? Yeah, no, it's it's funny how like. It was weird seeing them go from seeing the like the media in particular go from like six two versus Iran, we're gonna win the World Cup and then it was now now when Carrie Neville's calling out Southgate for not bringing Foden on. It's it's that weird bipolar thing that England into of it can go from a thousand to zero in the space of ninety minutes. But the thing with England is if England are patient, just play with a bit just play with a bit of Vigor, as you say, they're capable of beating anybody. They really are. The worry for England is the defence. Mm. And this is that's a tough one because I think Harry Maguire gets a lot of unfair stick. But there are times where he, I think he knows himself he's going to be the, the punch bag. So uh, I think that a lot of time he dallies when he, he doesn't have to. But I mean, against America, he was the best player in the park. I, I don't think England get anything in that game if it's not for Harry Maguire. But when you come up against a top team, is that defence good enough? That's the thing. And I think going forward, I mean, Bellingham's been a, a shining light of the two. Bellingham, I think, has been one of the best players in the tournament, to be honest. Just the way like he's... What age is he, 19? He's... Mm. Like Pedro and Gary as well, there too that we'll touch on later on. But they are Bellingham's just years ahead of his time, like he really is, and he's just that smart head and young shoulders, and he's going to he'll be here for a while. The Foden one's interesting as well because we are Southgate obviously likes the idea of Sterling Mount and things like that. I think the the, the reason he plays them is because he's got, they've got the versatility of being a lot further forward, like they can. Sterling can play anywhere in the front three, Mount can play anywhere in the midfield kind of thing, so they will play a lot more. But Foden, 
Neville made a good point all night. If Foden's in the Brazil, Foden probably does start for Brazil. He probably starts for France because he is, he's, I mean, he's world class. Mm. But Southgate, I think, set in his ways. He knows what this team's, he knows what he wants with this team. And because England are get, we're going into this tournament in poor form, I mean, losing 4 0 to Hungary. If, if a World Cup's not coming up, does he stay in his position? Probably not. So I think folk are looking for him to fail. Yeah. But if England, you see, you see it in the second half against Wales. You saw it against Iran. If the if the if the hand breaks off and they're patient and they're able to just play their own game, they're capable of doing some some decent things. I don't think they'll win it. I don't think they'll win it. I think they'll get quite. I can see maybe quarter semis, but I just think they're going to come up against a a decent attack who's going to expose that defence a wee bit. But yeah, no, they've certainly been. They've certainly had a really good group stage. Yeah, lovely stuff. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. Uh, pretty much everything you said. Um, let's move on to Group C then, with Poland, Argentina, Saudi Arabia, and Mexico. Argentina only just kind of uh, ended top of the group, which uh, did them a massive favour, I guess, with six points, despite the early loss to Saudi Arabia uh, earlier in the tournament. Poland threw on goal difference. Um, it really was tooth and nail between them and Mexico. At one point, they were through only on uh, having less bookings. Uh, which is yeah. incredible. I would have loved it if like Lewandowski, Lewandowski scored, but then took his top off to like celebrate, got booked, and then Mexico overtook. That would have yeah. been hilarious. Uh, but I tried to manifest that. Didn't happen. Um, Poland, Argentina. Then Argentina won 2 0. Um, Poland were boring as fuck. They were absolutely dreadful. It was Argentina looked so comfortable. They still. Weirdly, they look comfortable, but they look very unconvincing at the same time. They look like they can lose the ball and Poland could score in the break at any minute. Um, did you say earlier you backed Argentina to win it? Yeah, I fancy Argentina. That's kind of that's a kind of romantic thing as well, as I think we all want Messi to win one. I'm a, I've always been a, an advocate that Messi's better than Ronaldo, and I think this is the how this argument will be won. Mm. Is, if Messi was to win here, and I think it's, I think it's the first Argentina team he's played in where he's not doing everything. I think there's a lot of, I think everything complements around about him. I think he's got a really good mid. I think he's always been tasked with doing everything. I don't think he's, got, I don't think he's got that here. I think he's got a lot of pieces around about him who merge well to suit him. Like I think the team's been built with him as opposed to like. Decent players together, but have they got a system that works? Which I think we've seen with a lot of Argentina teams in the past. I don't think they've ever had a team where Messi's been able to just play his game. He's got he's had to do a lot in the past with other Argentina teams, but no, I just think I, I think this is the most complete team he's had. Yeah, it's the least I've seen him run anyway. Yeah, uh, which is a good thing, I guess, because he kind of does the moderate role where he just kind of uh, creates yeah. things, but still unconvincing. I think I. <sighs> Again, against Saudi Arabia, they missed a lot of chances. They had two goals to Salam, to be fair. Yeah. But um, I don't know. It's Again, it's Argentina, and if it can happen, they went out last time in the round of 16, didn't they? So um, anything can happen, really. Poland, I just, they were the most, one of the most boring teams at this World Cup. I just yeah, don't not, know what the offer. Gonna, yeah, they're not going to win any, like, class, like, world-class football awards. Or not, but they're, they're hard to beat, actually. Like, they're, yeah. they're hard to beat. And I think... Uh, France, France, Poland. What? I don't think it'll be a spectacle for the. I don't think it'll be a, the best game of football in the world. But I certainly don't think it'll be easy for France because Poland will be very tough to get to break down. 
and I thought I don't think I will touch in France in a minute, but I, I think that France team will struggle to come again, come up against a real compact defence and a real tough midfield who will make them work. Mm, yeah, I think it'll be an interesting game anyway. Um, and the other game in that group was Saudi Arabia 1, Mexico 2, Mexico quite unlucky. They just needed to score one goal. Yeah. And they had so many attempts as well. Really unlucky, really. Um, had quite. I think they had a couple of disallowed goals as well. Um, again, Mexico were awful. They left it up until the last game. Saudi Arabia had done it the other way around. They were great at the start, really fun to watch. Um, and then <laughs> just kind of fell down. Well, to be fair, they scored a last-minute goal to stop Mexico going through, essentially. They played to Saudi Arabia, though, because they, they, they obviously had that suicidal attempt to, to play the offside trap against Argentina. They <laughs> yeah. wanted to agree, but they did it against Mexico as well. I think Mexico had two goals disallowed, and they were just playing that high-press mm. offside trap where, again, I think Mexico... I, I think you're right. I think Mexico were just... They left it too late. I thought I, don't, I wasn't overly convinced with them against Poland, and then against Argentina, I think they just get... Like, the better team just beat them, but no, I do think Mexico. They're all we know what they do, don't they? They're, they've got a lot of flair players. They've got a really hardworking midfield. They just they just left it too late, and then obviously so Saudi Arabia scored really late on. Saudi Arabia were fun, fun at the start. We they probably gave us all one of the results of the tournament, but oh yeah, I don't think I. I think probably the right two teams went through. To be honest. Yeah, you're probably right there. As boring as it was, um, <laughs> Group D then uh, one one of one of the, one of these great groups. Uh, you thought you knew what was going to happen before the tournament kicked off, and everyone just got it completely wrong, and uh, to a certain degree, uh, France and Australia both finished on six points, which is <laughs> mad, absolutely mad. Uh, Tunisia on four, uh, Denmark on one. Again, Fra- uh, France already through pretty much, um, but Australia, Tunisia, and Denmark had to fight it out. Um, On to Australia. One Denmark nil, and it's not even a great Australia side. I, I barely recognise any of the players. There's a lot of Scottish based players playing that. Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, and uh, Denmark, you know, we've with the turnaround they've had with Christian Eriksen, we thought that squad was solid. They were solid at the Euros, despite what happened. Mm-hmm. I really thought they were going through, and they should have been going through in this group. But in each game they've played, they've been pretty dreadful. Um, but yeah, yeah, give us the rundown of. Australia then and uh, how have they won two games and I think the last time they were around the 16 was maybe 2006 when they had like Cahill, Schwartz and yeah. Kuehl um, yeah, well, oh, I mean I'm so so happy for them particularly because the game was on at like 3 in the morning for them as well yeah. um, I'm glad they're through and I would love to see them progress even more but I, 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 you know, logic goes out the window at this point there's a lot. The thing with this Australia team is, there's, there's obviously a lot of Scottish-based players, and they've took on. They're very, very hard-working. Like the, if you saw the Tunisia game, they they weren't like Harry Souter and Kyros. Uh, Harry Souter's obviously Scots originally. Uh, Kyros plays with Hearts. Like they were, nothing was getting by them. They were just colossal at that centre back position. They've got Atkinson that plays with Hearts, Bates that plays with the United, Moy that plays with Celtic. Moy's Moy strolled it in this tournament. Like he's he's been really caught my eye at Celtic actually because he's suited the way Celtic play. Like he's just been the kind of the kind of number six pivot who just because he's just the the recycler and he's suited that really well. And they've got a lot of really hard working players in that Australia team. Denmark I was disappointed with, but I think with Denmark I I, I think. Den- Denmark will not get into this in brilliant form. Like they beat France home and away in the Nations League, but 
Scotland beat them a few just to get into the World Cup, and they were I thought they were really poor that day. I thought I think it was the emotion that carried them to the the semis last year. Like I don't, I, they obviously they probably should still have qualified just based on the players they have. But yeah, I think they're no one near where they need. I think there'll probably be a couple of there'll be a couple of players retiring after this, and I think they'll maybe be in, they'll maybe go into another cycle. But yeah, yeah I th- I've been quite I was quite disappointed with them actually. I thought Ericsson just we all wanted Ericsson to do well, but uh, he's kind of struggled, isn't he? He kind of he just wasn't. I thought it was tough actually for Australia, the Australia game because Australia can have Moy and Jackson Irvin, who's also another one that was at Celtic. They just kind of man marked them. They both kind of just it was too. He was struggling to get anything going, and I think when Ericsson isn't on it, Denmark struggle. Mm. So I think that's been the story of the World Cup. They've just they've they really get nothing going. Yeah, I think maybe a change of tactics as well to be honest, because I think yeah. they've got some good young players like Larson. And uh, Damsgaard, I think, is quite good as well. So we'll see what happens next time round. The other game was uh, Tunisia 1, France 0. Again, massive result for Tunisia, despite them finishing third. Still with you know, a remarkable four points, one win, one loss, one draw. Um, again, it was a weakened France team, but they show they can concede. And they've conceded in every game, haven't they? So for, I've watched France and I thought it's difficult to see anyone beating them. But at the same time, they can, they've conceded goals, so it's it's a difficult one, isn't it? But fair play to Tunisia. I've not really got more to say. Um, how do you, how do you think France will get on for the rest of the tournament? I, they I've should coast been, it, right? I've not been mad keen on them at all. No, I, huh? I, I think going in, there was obviously a lot. Of, I, I what's their best midfield? Like, are they? They're obviously missing Kante and Pogba, and I, I just don't think they've got. I, I don't think they've got the balance right in midfield to go. Really far in this tournament, like I, I like too many. I thought maybe it would be the uh, Fafana for Monaco that would play alongside him, but Rabio, Rabio just—I don't think Rabio is the 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 answer for Kante. He, he did score. He did score, and I thought well, listen, Mbappe. If you get Kylian Mbappe in your team, and he's been outstanding so far, like he's he's mm. it's probably the most complete I've seen Kylian Mbappe actually because he's he's not just running and making space and attacking space. He has he's well balanced in that team because he's Dembele, Mbappe, Griezmann, and Giroud. It's a it's a real kind of real good front four in terms of how they complement each other. And I think Mbappe, like you've saw saw Mbappe at PSG this season as well. When he's got Messi, Messi and Neymar, and they are complementing each each other really well. If you watch PSG, so he's kind of carried that into here as well. And he's he's more of a complete player in this tournament than he certainly was even last year at the Euros. But it's just that midfield balance that worries me with with France. If you've got Fafana and Chouameni, for example, one thing you don't have is a lot of creativity. So Griezmann's needing to come back, and but then you've got a massive gap, particularly when you're against a Poland side who are who are going to really, really make it tough in that midfield area. Like Zelensky will, will create a lot of pockets. They've got three really tough midfielders in there who'll make it hard. As Griezmann and are Griezmann and Mbappe going to find themselves marked men? Are they going to struggle? Giroud, we we know what Giroud does, but are they going to get the ball up to him? I just worry that if if France don't score early, it could be a really long night for them. We saw that against Switzerland as well because they obviously we 
Kante and Pogba, it was a bit different because they had that midfield balance. But the longer it went, Switzerland were growing into the game. And Switzerland and Poland are quite similar in terms of they're really hard working in midfield. And if France don't have that balance, I think they could struggle. Mm, yeah, I, I do agree. Um, let's go on to the group of the tournament, in my opinion. Um, Japan, Spain, Germany, Costa Rica. Now, before the tournament, everyone's like, yep, Spain and Germany are through. Fair enough. Spain and Germany through. Japan finishing uh, top of the group, just astonishing absolutely everyone with six points. Spain only, only kind of scraped through, again, on goal difference, believe it or not. Um, good job they did beat Costa Rica 7-0. Germany also on four points. And even on the night, Costa Rica were through at one point, um, but then finished bottom with three points. But they could have gone through at one point as well. Just absolutely mad group. This is why people love international football. And uh, goes to show anything can happen. But Japan have been an absolute delight to watch. They play with their hearts on their sleeves and it's quite ballsy to go out attacking against both Germany and Spain. It's weird though how they've, they've beat uh, Spain and Germany but lost to Costa Rica. Yeah, And absolutely. it's crazy how, the, how this group was. And this group was, that that, that 90 minutes was, was as mental as you'll get. Like Costa Rica had scored against Germany and Japan and Costa Rica were through and Spain and Germany were out. It was crazy. I know Germany scored instantly, but it was there were so many twists and turns with this this group. And I think probably the right two teams went through. Again, I think Germany, I think Germany similar to a, a couple of other teams later on, they left it too late. They were I thought they were atrocious against Japan. <laughs> like I just thought they were so just Meh in the first game. They're just waiting for something to happen, weren't they? Yeah, like Musiala was the only one pulling the strings. Musiala is probably the, the 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 one player you would say out of the whole sixteen teams that went out in the group stage. He's the one player that you think should he should be going through himself. He was he was probably Germany's main main man. He's he he'll get another chance. He's he's top class. I think with Germany, they're just. They don't have like the we mentioned it earlier on the closer. They do not have this that solution to that striker problem, and they've had it. They had it four years ago as well. They they were bringing on Mario Gomez, mm. who was done, and they were they, they they haven't been able to replace their strikers. Yeah, it's a good point. Kai Havertz not really doing the job for them. It's the second uh, second World Cup in the row they've gone out in the yeah. group stages. And it's been, it was the same problem as four years ago. They just they they don't have that vocal point up front. Miller's. He's not a striker. Havertz isn't a striker. Havertz is better behind. Canabry's not a striker. Phil Krug, I think, I think's so honest enough, but is he going to lead the line for a Germany in a World Cup side? Probably well, he's, not. No, he's 29. Exactly. And I just I think that's been Germany's downfall. They were, they were good in the last game, but I think they just left it too late. And I think they just, that first game killed that first game probably killed them because yeah. they were just Passive, they're just poor. I think a better Germany team take care of Japan anyway. Japan, but Japan does have a lot of credit. Japan, but again, yeah, it's, took, it's, took uh... no risk, took no risks, and that's that's what I like in a, a football team, particularly that because yeah, that's, that's what we love about the World Cup. There's no there's no limits. Do you know what I mean? Like that that's your that's your one chance. Every you only get a chance every four years, and Japan certainly took theirs. Again, you go one 0 down against a Spain team who dominate the ball. And well, obviously we can argue was should Japan have got that goal that I, I certainly think it was out, but it's not. I'm not. I don't run the VAR studio and VAR saw something that I certainly didn't. But they they didn't stop. They didn't they they didn't stop until the game was won and they 
to be fair. I think to be fair to to Spain as well. I think Spain probably were quite happy to not win that group because I think it set set up a tie with Brazil if they won their group. Yeah. So then they were probably quite happy as long as they knew they were through. I think they were quite happy to set off and let well, Japan... Uh, Luis Enrique was going bloody mental on yeah. the sidelines, to be fair. Yeah. I think I think they would have rather topped it, maybe. But yeah, Germany won 4-2, Japan 2-1. Spain were dominant in the first half. No one saw Japan coming from behind. No. A bit like your boyfriend. We um, <laughs> Contentious ball decision, as you've kind of alluded to as well. Now... It's a tricky one because, as we all know, FIFA changed the rules every fucking year. But the general public, being a general public, are busy. They've got lives, families, jobs to go to. I'm not always updating with the rules. Now, in 2013, when V8, well, when the goal line technology came in, they changed the rules um, to not the base of the ball, but to the actual sphere of the ball being over the line. Um, and I still don't know if FIFA have actually released the footage from the. They released something earlier that was. It was it was kind of weird because they didn't really explain. They didn't send you a better angle with it. They just tried to. Ex- they explained it with another video how the ball was in. Mm. I haven't seen and I've seen that the angle obviously overhead, which it does look a, to be fair in, but it's not. And this is the thing I've got with VAR, and I know we could do this to death, and I've done it to death <laughs> in my own show. Because we've Scottish uh, Scottish football just been just a VR introduced and it has been introduced horrendously, but we've no idea how to use it yet. But it's that thing of is is the referee making a clear and obvious error there by that ball not being in play because that ball was flagged out and it looked out in any camera angle I've saw. So is the referee the referee didn't go back and look at it. The referee was told that he's got it wrong. So. I always am of the opinion to give the referee the full authority. You have, even if you know the referee's made a mistake, you have to tell the referee to go and look at it himself because yeah. he has to have the final call. So, what is what? How's VAR working? VAR's been used quite poorly. I think that's World Cup. I think there's other. I have. I've, I've said. It, I've said it before. I'll say it again. The animations they show yeah. afterwards, like offsides and stuff. Now, normally in the Premier League, or I don't, I'm not sure what it's like in the Scottish League you'll see still the actual players, but they've got this like anime. I described it. I don't know if you've ever seen the cube and they show yeah. you when they show the mannequins like doing the tasks. Yeah. It just looks like that. They've animated it. So I'm not saying that they might have, I don't know, um, colluded and uh, making up decisions, but at the same time, it's a bit weird. They're not showing the actual players, but yeah, it's, it's a weird one. I mean, I'm so glad Japan won. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. yeah. Um, from the angles we get shown, it does look like the edge of the ball is over the line. And uh, the way the referee guy on ITV said, kind of explained it is that when, when when a player puts a ball down for a corner, he doesn't always put it down on the actual, on the on the white strip. He puts it kind of just as close as possible. Um, and that's the kind of way he, he kind of described it. And I kind of think, oh yeah, that kind of makes sense. Then. But you are still right in what you're saying is that we've not seen, and we were told there, were, um, there, are, there are cameras on the... Um, on the on the goal line, yeah, it's still weird. It's inconclusive. Why it's not, yeah, it's, I'm. I've not been convinced that. Yeah, basically, if, if 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 it was a murder investigation, it would be a, a hung jury. Like you know, yeah. it'd still be going on. But no one would be given a sentence. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's weird how they've not done it, and it just and they, when it's a controversial World Cup anyway, people are looking at any excuse to kind of uh, any excuse to kind of 
pointing fingers at any bribery or anything else going on. I'm hoping that's not the case. Um, but uh, yeah, it is still fishy. I hope we get some sort of clarity on that. Yeah. But there we go. Let's move on to Group F then. Um, again, another shock. Morocco. Morocco. I repeat, Morocco top in the group on seven points. Uh, again, another group with uh, the likes of Croatia, Belgium, Canada in it. And a group you could have said quite easily, oh, that's easy. Belgium and Croatia are going through. Anything but. Anything but. Uh, Morocco, seven points. Croatia on five. Belgium on four. Canada on zero. You mentioned it earlier. I found Canada very entertaining to watch. They lost 2-1 um, uh, to Morocco's golden generation, arguably. Mm-hmm. Uh, the likes of Hakimi, El Naziri, and um, who else do they have now? I would go out on a limb and say Morocco have got the best fullback combination at this tournament. Really? Nazarawi and Hakimi, yeah. 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 I think like, when you look at the you look at the balance in the squad and their Certainly, I, I, I think I don't think it comes to a surprise. Belgium were a shambles. We'll get into that in a second. But balance-wise, Morocco were probably the one of the the teams flying under the radar going into this. Yeah, they're playing some good football as well. Like yeah. their passing and build-up plays like really slick and quite fast. Again, how far they're going to get, I don't know. But by mm-hmm. topping a group, I can't. Did they do pretty well in '98 when they had like? Mustafa Hadji, yeah, they beat Scotland. They beat Scotland three 0 yeah. Yeah, so I, I, yeah, again, I don't know how far they get. I think it's the first time they've got out group I, stages since nineteen eighty six. I don't think they qualified that. I don't think they qualified that. Yeah, they qualified in goals scored or something. Yeah, I think I think um, they got out the tournament. They got eighty six. That's it, eighty six. Um, but yeah, two one. They look Ziyech looks at his best to be honest I'm not sure why he can't do that for Chelsea I, re- yeah. I really rated him at Ajax I thought he was going to oh, do yeah. really well at Chelsea but again something's not clicking there and uh, <laughs> yeah the other game Chelsea uh, Chelsea <laughs> Chelsea yeah. Belgium uh, Croatia Belgium well um, again it was very very interesting you know, it was end to end at times particularly in the last 20 minutes um, Croatia I think oh, you're, you're all done you're far too old but then he introduced a player such as uh, Vardiol at the back and he was a sensation there was at one point he made a run from deep and I thought he was going to do a Maradona he nearly took on the old team and he should have had a shot really um, but Croatia still really play good football they're very reserved but they just pass it around so elegantly and so well they never give the ball away and that's really incredible um, let's counter that with Belgium with Lukaku missing every chance that was presented to him and um Again, you, you still think there's enough talent in that Belgium squad to conjure up something, but they finished with four points. Um, they It was in their hands to qualify in this game, and they really, really mm. didn't do anything about it. They were just went out a limper, didn't they? I mean, they were, Canada... Can, if, if Canada had their shooting boots on, they would have probably beat Belgium 2 or 3 nothing and been deserving of it. They just did their... They were, I think, tactically... I think tactically that Canada just I think that's what exposed Canada. They're just tactically they just weren't right. I think they were I think they're one of those teams that you you see at like an amateur level who have seven or eight top quality players going forward, but at the back I think they just get exposed a wee bit. But Belgium Belgium's problem at the Belgium are Belgium are done. They've got a lot of players in that Belgium team who like Vertonghen, Older Vireld probably at the end of their Vitzel I think's done as well. Hazard's definitely done. I thought I thought this would maybe be the the callus for him. Like if if Belgium did well, I think Hazard would probably be the, the main man for them, but he just he went out of him as well. And I think he's 
he's now I, I think mentally he's maybe past it as well. De Bruyne, yeah, I think so. De, De Bruyne was really getting nothing going either, and Lukaku just did that. And this is the the best the the best stat in the world now is the the XG Belgium had the most XG of the tournament. I think. I will. I think so. Wow. And as I say, I think they only scored one goal. Lukaku <laughs> could have been four or five in the second half himself, and obviously he he's coming. He was coming into this in a bad injury, but you can tell he is physically he's. Yeah, he looked quite big, didn't he? I don't want to say massive. that. He's massive. Yeah. And he's obviously been rushed for that. He's obviously not fit. No one near fit. Mm. And he was just trying to and that Romelu Lukaku thing that he was particularly bad for at Man United. See when he got nothing going, he was just snapping at everything, and he was getting yeah. nothing. Going at all, you saw that there, and they were just. I just think that at the end of a cycle, I think Belgium will be similar to Wales, like once their golden generation. Who you could you argue that they they've obviously underachieved, but not winning anything. But they they were they've been up there for a while. They're the second best team in the rankings. So read into that what you will, but they're set. They've they've certainly been about a while. I mean, I mean they've certainly. Done well enough. I don't think that they haven't came close to winning anything, but they've certainly not underachieved. Like they've certainly not been a very average golden generation. They've been a really, really good side for a long time, and they've now reached that limit. Do they then recycle and then take maybe four or five years to get back to? Because this Belgium, Belgium weren't doing very much before this, so like maybe similar to Croatia as well. Maybe two teams in a similar position where. Once they're kind of core, call it a day, they're probably going to take a while to come back to to that level. So yeah. I think both sides are probably... Croatia are obviously still a, a better stage than Belgium, but yeah, I just think Belgium are. And you can't put it over... You, you see that. That's why De Bruyne does so well at City. Like, De Bruyne's got... De Bruyne's so well... What's the word? There's a cohesion round about De Bruyne at Man City. He's playing inside forward. He was playing part of it. I was the second game. Was it second game? Who they played Morocco in the second game? He's mm. playing in a two with Batshuayi, and I'm like, yeah. what the hell's that all about? It's bad, he's, isn't it? One thing is not one thing. You're you're sacrificing there. Kevin De Bruyne can find a pass in an empty, an empty room. So <laughs> by playing him as that as as a one of a front two, and then you've seen a wee bit of the four four two coming back in this tournament because a lot of teams have done it for the. They're high press, but when you're playing Kevin De Bruyne as part of a two-man strike force, you're losing him creatively, mm-hmm. and I just don't I understand that. And I'm not. I I did think if after the the Morocco game where they obviously had to beat Croatia, I said if, if Belgium don't qualify, Martinez is probably done. And you were hearing. I think there's been a lot of reports in the the Belgian media. There's been a lot of tension between players. Yeah, I think without I a doubt think, he's gone. I think Vertonghen and. The Courtois and Kurtvertongen and Batshuayi, I think, had a, a fight in the dressing room or something. I think that's that was some of the reports coming out. But I, I just think they've probably a sad end to a really good generation for the Belgium. Yeah. But I, I don't think a lot of people would have been surprised if you you actually look at the squad because they're kind of past it. Yeah, it's it's kind of a similar trajectory to England in the noughties, to be fair. Yeah, kind of ended kind with Rooney yeah. falling out with everybody. Um, but yeah, I think it's an, you know to be fair, I thought Vertonghen and Alderweireld, I thought they were past it at the last World Cup, so that just goes to show. Um, but fair enough. On to Group H then. Um, <laughs> Portugal finished top with six points. South Korea, an absolute miracle uh, with a last minute goal from Huang. Uh, make it through in second with four points on goal difference, uh, knocking out Uruguay and uh, also on four. 
and uh, Ghana, we're free. Um, again, these are the games uh, this afternoon. And again, Korea, Uruguay and Ghana all could have qualified uh, with Portugal already through. Um, it was so nice for the grudge match between Ghana and Uruguay, obviously, what happened yeah. in 2010. It was so nice to see Ghana play a part. They were quite stubborn, Ghana, as well, and they had a few chances they could have scored. Missed a penalty very early on. If that went in, who knows what could have happened. Um but they still played a part in knocking Uruguay out of a World Cup. And not only that, but the last World Cup for Luis Suarez, Cavani, Godin, um, and Mislera and all these legends of that Uruguay squad. So they really put the nail in the coffin. Suarez is crying on the bench after the game. And I still think Ghana can walk away, despite finishing bottom of the group, with their heads held high, avenging I, themselves slightly. I think somewhere in a Ghanaian house you'll be seeing Azamoa Jan doing a wee dance. After, the, yeah. after seeing that crap, after seeing crap. Uruguay, probably another team that left it too late as well, didn't they? I mean, they didn't, they, they should have probably beat South Korea actually in the, the first game, second game, Portugal were the better side. Third game, I think Ghana maybe blew it a wee bit. I think they missed a lot of chances. They obviously missed the penalty, but they certainly gave a good account of themselves, didn't they? But I think Uruguay, they were, I saw a thing earlier and I was looking, I was just looking through Twitter and somebody was saying, yeah, uh, young Diaresta has arrived at this tournament. He's twenty nine. <laughs> you know what I mean, like, it's like that he's finished, <laughs> and it's that thing as well. Where, like, see, because you haven't heard of a player, you just you say anything, just like oh, young Diaresta. I think a lot. I think he's been playing since like twenty fourteen for Uruguay. Yeah, but I think they were a bit. I think the one thing Uruguay were missing in the first two games was a. A creative player alongside Valverde in midfield. I think they had three really hard-working midfielders in there who kind of did the same thing. Like Valverde's a lot better than the other two, to be fair. But mm. Bentancur, Valverde, and was it Ficino was was the third one? Maybe yeah. they were kind of similar, but uh, they played lacking a bit stuff. of pace as well. Yeah, I think they had they had Esther came in today and he looks really he looks really good actually. He's I think he's quite happy being playing in Brazil. But I was listening to a podcast this morning and the. Uh, they the Uruguay expert on, and he was saying, like, DRS is one of the best midfielders in Brazil. I think he plays for Flamengo. And they said, once he, he will bring a bring a better spark to this Uruguay team, and it turned out to be the case because I thought I thought he was probably the best player in the park for Uruguay, actually. So, yeah. yeah, always, always think, certainly. Yeah, but it's sad. You can probably, as I said, then for Suarez and Cavani, but I just think, I think you, this Uruguay team, have, have done more than. Influencers, I think they've been a, a really underrated side in the World Cup for a long time. And again, the, the new era of Darwin Nunes starts now. Absolutely. The thing with, the thing with Nunes as well is, is that he's, I know he gets a bit of a stick, but he's, he's very raw. He's very, very raw. And as he, when Liverpool replaced Sadio Mane with Darwin Nunes, did they think they were getting light for light? Because that's not what they're getting. These. I think in a couple of years you will see a, a world-class striker, but right now he's got a lot of flaws. Mm. And you see, I've seen that with Uruguay. He was snapping it a lot. He's, he's. I, I, I would have him in my bet builder to get booked every week because I think he's potentially. It he can be sometimes erratic. Yeah, he got and booked pretty quickly in this game. To be fair, I think he did. Yeah, a scrap. But um... yeah, but he's he's not the finished article. But I think you're you're seeing glimpses of just how good he can be because it was times against. There was a touch he had early on in the Portugal game when I thought there's very few players in the world who could pick that out the way he did. Just yeah. a world a world class touch. And I think there's 
I think Liverpool fans will be frustrated in the next couple of years, but I think that once he's once he clicks, he will be a top top player. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. And the other game, South Korea two, Portugal one. Last minute goal from Huang, jumping career up the table <laughs> to qualify. Um, I think, I think again, Portugal. I think they before the talent they've got, I think they've been quite underwhelming all tournament as well. And Korea, I thought they were pretty much as good as out because I thought they were absolutely shite in the first couple of games. Um, but lo and behold, the underwhelming and the shite team go through. Um, yeah. So, so it's it's a it's a weird one, isn't it? But uh, yeah, what, what have you made of Portugal and Korea? Uh, Korea, I didn't I didn't see Korea going through today. I thought Portugal would. I think, I think that's now no teams have won won the three first the first three group games. Yeah, and that's Portugal. I just that a, a weird game, a weird. I kind of agree that they've been a bit under underwhelming, but they were they're very very risky at the back. I still think Portugal, like Pepe, the goalkeeper, I think could be quite suspect in terms of playing with the ball at his feet. But they've obviously got a lot of talent in in forward areas. Ronaldo can still do it. Felix, I think, has been actually really good in this tournament. I think there's been a couple of times where you saw what he can do. Uh, they've got a, a few. Uh, Bernardo Silva is still one of the most underrated players in the world. Just he's he can find he can find a pass anywhere, can he? He's just he's a top top player. I think Portugal will do pretty well. I think they're I think they'll beat Switzerland actually. Yeah, they should do. They should do indeed. Yeah. And uh, speaking of that group, Cameroon beat Brazil, which is a great result for them. They could yeah. have qualified um, as well. Brazil, again, didn't have an 100% record, although they did field a completely different team to what they did in the first two games. But they still um, go through six points. And then uh, obviously Switzerland-Serbia, one of the games of the tournament, by the yeah. looks of it, um, was 2-1 to Serbia at one point, 2-0, 3-2. Um, and again, Cameroon, Serbia, or Switzerland could have qualified. I think this is the third group in which three teams could have gone through, um, or maybe fourth group, in fact. Um, which just goes to show how open this tournament is, to be fair. Mm. Um, do you think Switzerland deserves to go through then? Because again, I've not watched much of them, but what I have watched is that they're being, again, quite vanilla. And Serbia are kind of like, everyone was everyone's dark horses with Milinkovic, Savic, Vlahovic, Mitrovic. They've got a good bloody team there. And mm. um, yeah, I'm not sure what happened, but. They could finally score some goals, and <laughs> the other team scores three. Yeah, but if if it's all you could score as many goals as you want. If you can't keep them out, then yeah, you get, and that's just been Serbia's World Cup. I think they've lost three goals against Cameroon, three goals tonight, and they've they're capable of scoring. Mitrovic and Vlavic both scored tonight. There was ten bookings in the Serbia Switzerland game towards Christ, the end. There was Christ. seven and seven in the second half, so it did go a bit mental. Yeah, thank God go down to fair play. Uh, you'll be surprised to hear that Granit Xhaka was one of those bookings. Uh, but You're yeah, joking. I mean, no, nah, not at all. I mean, if you just look here, I'm like, yeah, that's that doesn't surprise me in the slightest. But yeah, I mean, Switzerland, they're they're hard to beat. I thought Brazil, to be fair to them, I thought Brazil, Brazil deserve a lot of credit because Switzerland were very stuffy. I think it's probably the. I was listening to not on that same podcast. I was listening to the Uruguay expert, was a Switzerland expert on, and he was saying it's the most complete Switzerland team he's ever seen at a tournament. Like in terms of like they've got the the balance right across the whole kind of team, and it's probably just looking at the 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 eleven. It's probably probably fair. They've got Akanji, Shar, uh, Jaka, Fuller, the first Nottingham Forest player to score since when? There's a wee quiz question for you. Who was the last Nottingham Forest player to score at a World Cup before Remo Fuller? 
Yeah, Van Hoydonk. You're correct. Bang, yes. Look at that knowledge. Look at that knowledge. Loving it. Quite jealous of that. Yeah, no, but I was was quite, like, as I say, like, I was surprised at that because I thought Nottingham Forest had about 300 players at this World Cup considering they signed about 300 in the, <laughs> in the summer window but yeah I mean Switzerland I, I do think they're very hard to beat Jaquiri's still doing it and Bowles been quite impressive actually in this tournament they've got, they've got just a, a really nice balance right about that team I think that I do think Portugal will beat them but I think that could be another really yeah. tight contest I said in our predictions episode that Switzerland and like, well, I think I said Switzerland and Denmark, they always have good tournaments because they're all in Japan, to be fair, are always quite stubborn. Yeah. And um, again, Switzerland, again, a bit like I compared them a bit to Belgium. Yeah. They've got like a kind of aging squad as well with Shaka mm-hmm. and uh, Shakira, I guess, but they still do it internationally, as you quite rightly said. Um, but yeah, very interesting round of 16. Speaking of which, let's do our predictions for it. Um, so we'll go through them quite quickly. Just want to score from you, Scott, if you don't mind, and how you think the game will play out. Uh, so if we we'll go through the round of 16, um, so Netherlands versus USA is first. How do you see that one going? Very tight. I think America will win that on penalties. America on penalties? Well, that'll make it a bloody interesting game. Kicks off three o'clock tomorrow. Um, I think it'll be very boring. I think it's going to be Netherlands 1-0 uh, extra time. 1-0 extra time. Netherlands, I think. Um, Argentina, Australia kicks off tomorrow at 7pm. Surely this is one too much for Australia, although we have seen Argentina lose to Saudi Arabia, but it's, it's surely not happening again. Argentina are not going out in the round of 16. I'm going to go uh, 3-0 Argentina. I think Australia will keep it tight until a certain point. I think you'll probably maybe 60 minutes. Argentina will score, and I think it'll be 2-0 Argentina. I think they'll just be too strong on the night. Fair enough. France, Poland. Poland, very stubborn, Ooh. as you said. Easy, easy to, uh, easy, sorry, a hard breakdown. Um, but we saw little for, from them going forward, even in the last stretches of the games. Lewandowski was not doing anything. Milik really did nothing. Zelensky's all creative players on their day, but really weren't offering anything in the group stages. A miracle there through, really. One way traffic for me. I think it'll be a tight game, 2 0 France. You can. Probably come back and laugh at me here, but I am going to say Poland and penalties because I've not been overly convinced with France at all. I'm not that I'm saying Poland are world beaters, but I just think this will be very similar to the Switzerland game at the Euros. Mm-hmm. I okay. think France will struggle, break them down. If, if Mbappe gets going, they'll probably France will win. But I'm going to go. I'm going to. I'll be shot in the dark. I'll help the. I'll help the England boys out. Um, I think Poland. What I will say is that I think uh, Chesney's probably been the keeper of the tournament. Yeah. Two penalty absolutely. saves. Yeah, absolutely. Poland and penalties. I'm going to go big. Go big or go well, home. I'll put a bet, put a bet on that. Um, England, Senegal. We'll start with you. If England play the way they do, they did against Iran in the second half against Wales, I think they should they should win that. Senegal will be. We know Senegal will be hard to hard to break down as well. Typical kind of. African team in terms of they'll just be they'll 2-1 England I'm going to go 1-0 England again sceptical healthy scepticism <laughs> what I do I set my expectations low and then I get impressed I think that's the yeah. way forward for me um, this is going to be very interesting this next one Japan one of the most exciting teams get at the mm-hmm. tournament against arguably the most experienced in recent years in Croatia um, done very well in the last three tournaments I, I can't call this. I really don't know. I think it'll be nil-nil. Maybe Croatia nick it extra time. 
one nil. Mm, possibly it could be Croatia were quite good against Canada. If if they get to that, they'd probably be hard to beat. I'm gonna go Japan two one. I think Japan. I just I, I think there's something about that Japan team. I think when you I don't I don't think you'll ever see them give up. I think they'll they'll keep going and going. Two one Japan, I think. Well, bold move. Um another interesting one, Morocco top their group. And you're probably quite right, did get any Spain did get a probably a fixture they would have preferred. Um, Morocco beats Spain. Surely it's end of the line for Morocco. It's gotta be. It's gotta be. I'm going Spain too now. But didn't they touch much in Spain and actually see like see in terms of keeping the ball, Spain are night and day compared to everybody else. But mm. are they are they going to be similar to the Berlin Euros where they're maybe missing? I know they scored seven in the first game, but to be honest, I think probably you and I could have probably been close <laughs> to each other. They were, they, were just, they were so open. I do think Spain will win. I think this will actually be quite a close game. I think Morocco are sweeping under the radar. I do think a three-one Spain. I do think. I think Marat. I think Marat kind of suits this Spain team well. I know he scored three goals. He's been possibly the. He's perfectly suited. It's even the Pedro and Gavi, and like they've got a lot. They've, they've got a really good side around about them. Like Marata, I think he'll score. I think Marata will score, and I think Spain will win three-one. I think they'll just. I think I do fancy Spain to be. I, I didn't fancy Spain much going into the tournament, but now I've watched them and now I know the way they're playing. I think Spain could be one of the teams in the final. Yeah, true. They've been uh, quite stubborn at times there. Um, and uh, Portugal v Switzerland. Another stalemate, really. It's a difficult yeah. one. I think I fancy Portugal to win, but it won't be It won't be pretty. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm going to say 2 0 Portugal, but it'll be two late goals. 1 0 Portugal, I think it'll be a late goal. No worries. And the final game is Brazil against Korea. <laughs> Something's telling me Korea could turn this round and pull maybe one of the upsets of all time, but I think this Brazil side is too good. I'm going to go 3 1 Brazil. Yeah, I think Brazil. I think a lot of people are now, including me, I think I've turned around at Brazil. We've got the, the best squad in it. Korea, Ali, Brazil, I think 3 0. I think Brazil will be. I think they've had their moment. I think Cameroon have had their moment against them. Do you know what I mean? I think Brazil will turn it on for here. I would be amazed if Brazil aren't. Because I think that they play, they'll play obviously the winners of the Japan game. Yeah, they'll play the winners of the Japan Croatia game. They're pretty got a pretty good route into the semi finals if they, they beat South Korea. So, yeah, I do think Brazil will be hard to beat. I think Brazil 3 0. Neymar could be back, I think. I was reading something yesterday that he's close to getting. I come back, but yeah, they've, and they've been stacked all over the place, and they you saw tonight they've got the front four was Martinelli, Anthony, Jesus, and yeah. I think was it Pedro, maybe Pe- the guy from Botafogo. Oh, and yeah, that's, that's the second string. Do you know what I mean? Like that's a, that's a and they lost one nil, exactly. I know, <laughs> but they're still top of the group, aren't they? I mean, I think yeah, they'll be quite happy, they'll be quite happy, they'll be they've got the players that run out. And, They've rested some key ones, so yeah, I think Brazil will be hard to beat here. Fair enough. It'll be an interesting round of 16 to say the least. It's probably <laughs> more interesting than the last World Cup to some degree with some of the uh, um, some of the ties in that. Um, but yeah, thanks for talking us through that, Scott. Thank you very much indeed. But it's time now for our first quiz. Now, last week, uh, we trialled a World Cup top 10 quiz. We gave, gave um, each guest, and uh, Harry, when he was here, 
10 questions about World Cups past and present, and you've got three minutes to answer them. Um, if your time runs out at the end of the three minutes and you have any unanswered, you can you basically get one shot at answering them. Um, however, Jack last week sent the bar very high. He got 10 correct in one minute 28. So if you want to, if you want to, I don't know, if you're feeling confident and you want to go and put Jack to shame, you're all welcome. But if you want to take your time, use three minutes and then answer all of them and just get 10 out of 10. Up to you how you want to play it. But here we go. Ready. Three minutes starting from now. Who won the Best Young Player Award at the 2010 World Cup? Miller. Correct. At 98, Scotland won a group with who? Morocco, Norway and Brazil. Correct. Best player 2002 World Cup? Oliver Kahn. Correct. Brazil beat Italy by penalties in 1994. By what score? 4-3. Incorrect. The 1990 World Cup final was held at what stadium? Uh, San Siro. Incorrect. Uh, Ireland beat who on penalties in the round of 16, also at the 1990 World Cup? Uh, Romania. Correct. Who scored the winning penalty in the 2006 final? Fabio Grosso. He did. Top goal scorer at 2014 World Cup? James. James Rodriguez. Uh, Russia made it to the quarterfinals in 2018, but who eliminated them? Croatia. Correct. Last question. Who scored the first goal of this World Cup? In a he did. I'll stop the clock. One minute, five seconds. You have plenty of time. Two wrong. Two wrong. Eight out of ten. Still a good score. I'll tell you what, you still answered them very quickly as well. Um, so you answer ten two, questions. The two answers were uh, Stadio Olimpico and what was the other question? Um, Brazil beat Italy on penalties in the final 94. What was five the score? Four? Nope. Six five. I know Badger must have paid. Yeah, that's all. That's all that that is really. Um, yeah, it was free. Free two. Was that free two? But yeah, you're right. The Stadio Olimpico in Rome uh, hosted the final of the World Cup of Italia '90. But still, bloody good job there. Certainly more than I would have got if I was asking myself those questions. Um, so well done. But we all know that's arbitrary. That isn't the real quiz on this podcast. You know what's coming up next? It's uh, what's in your panini. And I'm afraid to say, not only did Jack absolutely smashed the quiz last night but he also got a bloody good pack of stickers um i think he got yeah he got a load of good players i think he got jack Grealish, axel witzel um so you're gonna need some top tier players in here to get, beat his 7.5 i'm talking your messies and ronaldo's styly uh, and de bruins etc um however if you do get more than 7.5 you could either stay on that score or you can risk it for a biscuit and open another pack but whatever you get in that pack um, will be your final score. So it could be worse, it could be better. The choice is completely yours. Um, I don't think you've got any chance of going bottom with three. That was an awful, awful pack full of players we'd never heard of. Um, <laughs> if you get the Qatari Royal Flush, you instantly win. So that's all, all Qatar players, stadiums, a lot. Um, so Scott, you ready? Yeah, yeah. Let's rock and roll. Again, I'm not a fan of the series. We've not had many shinies either, so you could get a good shiny. Let's see how it rock and rolls. Okay, we start with Korea. So he's through to the round of 16. Chang Hoon Kwoon, who I can't say I've never heard of. It's not a great start. It's not a great start, not going to lie. 
Ben Davies of Wales. Played okay, I guess. Played with tenacity and ferociousness, but still we need a big player in here. Oh, no. You got one of the stadiums, Albite Stadium. That's never That's good. good. Never That's good. Well, tell that to people that died making it. <laughs> <laughs> we need a big player to save it. Kasper Schmeichel, there we go. I'll take that. Kasper Schmeichel is not bad. Kasper Schmeichel is not bad. And your final player is the French squad. So Ooh. take that how you leave it. I'd say, you know what? You've done better than average there, I'd say. Mm. Not gonna not gonna tell you this right now, you're not top. Um, no. but I think you've done pretty pretty well, especially compared to me. Ben Davis, Casper Michael, and the French team. Um, you've got to deduct some points for having a stadium where people died though. Um yeah. <laughs> nothing we could do about that. Um, but I think we're gonna slap you smack bang in the middle on five points. So mid table. Mid table, I'm afraid. Um, but that draws us to the end of the Dream of Allies podcast this week. We'll be back again after the round of 16 and deciphering the quarter finals. What, 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 what could it be as exciting as what we've seen in the last round of the group games? Who knows? Will we have predicted anything right? Um, Scott, with some bold claims there, it should be bloody exciting if you're, any, if you're anywhere near correct. Um, yeah. But yeah, thank you very much for coming on once no, again. Pleasure, mate. Thanks An absolute, again. absolute expert. Um, tell the people where they can find you and all the stuff you're doing. Yeah, SM Media on Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube, everywhere, podcast, wherever you get a podcast. Uh, a lot of Scottish stuff coming out. There's a load of, a couple of wee documentaries, series is coming out in the in the next few months as well. So be tuned to be tune in for that. There's a lot coming out. So yeah, you know where to find us on SM Media. Fantastic stuff. You work bloody hard. So yeah, look forward to that coming out. At Team of Alive's on Twitter, teamalives.podcast, Instagram. If you're a fan of TikTok pack openings, we're nearly on a hundred thousand followers. So make sure you go to TikTok, download it if you haven't got it, get your grand, your dog, your parents to do it too. Uh hundred thousand followers by Christmas. It will happen. I'll make it so. So thank you very much. Hope you enjoyed yourselves on Dream Your Lives, and we'll see you next time. Sayonara. We're not creative enough, we're not positive enough. It's There's every chance that Wayne Rooney could go back to the Man United training ground and stick one on Ronaldo. Beckham could raise the roof here with a goal. I don't believe it. David Beckham scores the goal to take England all the way to the World Cup Finals. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. (laughs) 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.